We're talking rankings once again here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Going to see where Charlie McAvoy comes in on the NHL Network's list of defensemen in the league right now, as well as talk about the Athletics pipeline ranking where the Bruins come in dead last. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. And this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Monday, August 29th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, so open up your podcast app, go over to YouTube, search up Locked On Boston Bruins, and hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. It seems wild that we are at August 29th already. September is just around the corner. Tomorrow is our middle boy's 10th birthday. And then Labor Day weekend, school starting next week. We are that much closer to the start of hockey season. In fact, today here in Guelph, the storm Boston Bruins prospect Matthew Poitra starting training camp to begin a new OHL season. Quick reminder that you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at LockedNHLBruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. Friday on the program, we broke down the center and wing rankings as presented by NHL.com, the NHL Network, uh, they're breaking down the best players at each position in the league right now. On Sunday, they talked about the defensemen. Going to talk about that in the second segment here on today's podcast. But first, I wanted to get to uh, the Athletics Pipeline ranking for 2022. This was released... Uh, a few days ago now, via Corey Pronman of The Athletic. Every team has a ranking based on their best young players in their respective organizations with a projection of what's expected of each. Those core groups ranked 1 to 32 to show how they compare to the rest of the league. Now, for reference, player eligibility is... Those who are 22 years old or younger as of September 15th. So this encompasses every prospect drafted between 2018 and 2022. Um, this is used to include a team's top prospects without aggressively graduating players who have a lot of prime development years ahead of them, even if they're already in the NHL. The Bruins coming in 32nd out of 32 teams 
in the NHL as determined by Corey Pronman of The Athletic. Here's what he wrote. The Bruins being in last place is a combination of a lack of picks and the few picks they've had not developing all that well. Now before we talk about the players that he mentions as part of this ranking, it's important to remember the context here for the Bruins. Again, remember, these rankings encompass players drafted between 2018 and 2022. The Bruins had two first-round picks in those five years, and they were late first-round picks to boot. In 2018, they traded, um, you know, their uh, first-round pick to the uh, New York Rangers in the Rick Nash trade. Uh, And then in 2020, they traded their first-round pick to the Anaheim Ducks in the... um, David Backus trade, bringing Andre Kasha to the Boston Bruins. And then in 2022, they traded their first round pick to the Ducks again for Hampus Lindholm. In 2019, they had a first round pick. It was 30th as a result of losing in the Stanley Cup final. And then in 2021, they selected Fabian Lysel. So that's the context there. They're going to have fewer high-end prospects from the last five years because they didn't have three first-round picks in that time. And that was the function of, you know, going for it. And it almost paid off in 2019. Pronman ranks the Bruins prospects as Fabian Lysel, number one, John Beecher, number two, Mason Lorai, number three and then he also mentions michael callahan defenseman who was acquired from the arizona coyotes riley duran drafted in 2020 ty gallagher drafted in 2021 brett harrison jacob lauco dan's luck mellis matthias mantikivi and matthew poitra if you look at this list as a whole I don't know about you, but I see one potential top six player from this group being Fabian Lysel and a bunch of guys who could become full-time NHLers, but likely bottom six guys, maybe second line forwards or top four defensemen, Mason Lorai. I could see him becoming a top four defenseman. John Beecher has a chance to be, yeah, third, fourth line center. Let's be honest here. Uh, he's a high-end athlete, Promen writes, with a tall, strong frame and excellent speed. Generates a lot of breakaways. Will be able to turn defensemen around. But didn't have the offensive production you hoped for when he went back for his junior season in Michigan and scored at a decent rate 
in the AHL. This is going to be a huge season for him. But these other guys, even Poitra, who was selected in the second round, is he a, a top six center? Ah, who who knows here? Uh, it's it's really looking ahead. Brahman says uh, Poitra's downside is his size, his lack of speed, lack of ability to separate from checks. And he says, for that reason, I can't see him yet as an NHLer, but his skill and hustle give him a shot. Lysel, pretty much guaranteed to be a bona fide NHLer. He's got the skill. He's got the uh, speed. He needs to add the size. But due to his pure talent level, he projects as a top nine winger. Prodman writes, I would say top six in my books. So the Bruins, 32nd ranked pipeline. Tampa Bay comes in at 31. And, you know, they have the cups to make it a bit easier to swallow. If the Bruins had won in 2019, I don't think we would be that angsty about the Bruins' lack of prospects because they traded those first-round picks in order to add, in order to go for it. Almost paid off in 2019. And, you know, the decision to add Hampus Lindholm this past season was meant to boost their chances last year, but he'll be a fixture on the blue line for years to come. Um, So, yeah, that's the way it is. Again, Jack Stadnika isn't um, used in these rankings. Neither is Jeremy Swayman. Swayman, if you still considered him a prospect, would obviously boost their rankings. Uh, but that's what it is right now, and, and that's what the Bruins have to work with moving forward. And hopefully they can add via the draft, but also entice some free agents to join the mix if Bergeron Krejci, this is their last year. Uh, That's the only way they're going to remain competitive moving forward. Before we talk about where Charlie McAvoy fits in the NHL Network's defensive rankings, a quick word about the NHTSA Drive Sober program. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. All right, so the NHL Network has been breaking down each position and ranking players accordingly. We talked about how the wingers, way too low on the rankings. Same with Patrice Bergeron. He came in eighth on the center rankings after winning a Selkie Trophy. Marchand coming in ninth on the winger rankings. David Pasternak, 11th. Defenseman rankings, a bit more fair in their judgment of Charlie McAvoy. The NHL Network slotting him at number five 
in terms of defensemen in the NHL right now. They wrote, McAvoy led the Bruins in average ice time per game, a total that has increased each of the past four seasons. He had a plus 31 rating, if anybody still looks at that stat, which led Boston in his 56 points, led Bruins defenseman. The 24-year-old also topped Bruins defenseman in power play points, game-winning goals, block shots, and was second in hits. His 57.7% SAT percentage, shot attempt percentage, was fourth among Bruins skaters to play at least 15 games. Now, McAvoy, I believe he finished fifth in the Norris Trophy voting, and it's hard to argue that he should be ahead of any of the top four. Number one was Kale McCarr. He won the Norris Trophy last season. He won the Conn Smythe Trophy. And far and away the best defenseman in the NHL. Um, And that's just really inarguable. Number two on the list was Victor Hedman. Uh, He is 31 years old, a lot older than some of these guys who are in the top three, top four. But he's been as steady, as good as anybody at his position for quite some time. Um, He was a finalist for the Norris for the sixth straight season. Won the award in 2018. Won the Conn Smythe in 2020. And for the time being, he should be definitely near the top of the list. Although, maybe his game will start to slip as he gets into his 30s. Number three on the list, I think he was um, boosted a bit because of his point totals. That would be Roman Yossi. He won the Norris Trophy in 2020. Led all defensemen with 96 points this past season. He's a magician with the puck. Maybe not as good defensively as McAvoy, I'd argue. But still one of the premier defensemen in the NHL. Number four is Adam Fox. He was the 2021 Norris Trophy. So you see a pattern here. All these guys ahead of McAvoy have won the Norris already. And um, yeah, he's a special player without any question. McAvoy finished ahead of Chris Letang at number six. Aaron Ekblad at number seven. Devin Taves of the Colorado Avalanche at number eight. John Carlson at 9, and Miro Heiskanen at number 10. Rounding out the top 20, you have Moritz Sider, Quinn Hughes, Jacob Slavin, Morgan Riley, Shea Theodore, Zach Wierenski, Drew Doughty, Rasmus Dahlin, Alex Pietrangelo, and Brent Burns. In my mind, the top 5, clearly far and away the right top 5. In order for McAvoy to get into the top three, he's going to have to win a Norris Trophy. That's going to be difficult this season, of course, seeing as he begins the season on the injured list. Um, Really need to see a bump in points as well for him. You know, to win a Norris, you have to be not only exceptional defensively, but you have to have a pretty good scoring clip as well 
Although, when Zdeno Chara won, he was only in the 50s in terms of points. Nowadays, defenseman point per game average into the 90s, like a Yossi. Um, having said that, McAvoy did have a huge bump in points this past season, contributing on the power play. But for him to become a guy that steps into the Norris finalists, probably going to have to be at least 60 to 70 points uh, per season or a near point per game average in this injury-shortened season. And uh, it's going to be tough for him coming off pretty major surgery. But having said that, very encouraging ranking for our boy, Charlie McAvoy. Also wanted to mention Corey Pronman of The Athletic released his NHL player prospect rankings, all players under 23 to try to kind of piggybacking on the prospect rankings. There was one Bruins prospect on the list coming in at 170, and that's Fabian Lysel. Promen wrote, Lysel had a fine first season in North America. Didn't score as much as expected in the regular season, but was excellent in the playoffs. His skating is a clear NHL asset. He has shifty edge work, and his speed will pressure NHL defensemen. He can make highly skilled plays through checks at fast speeds. Lysel sees the ice well and can hit seams. His size and compete are the biggest knocks on him as he tends to drift to the outside and can be taken out of games physically. Due to his pure talent level, though, he projects as a top nine winger. Too low, too high. This season is going to be big for Lysel, whether he can jump to the NHL, whether he's placed at the AHL, or sent back to the WHL. I, for one, think he'll get a handful of games with the Bruins to begin the season, likely sent down to the AHL. I I don't know if... I mean, he didn't exactly light the WHL on fire. It's a defense-heavy league. Uh, But I think I'd like to see what he does at the AHL level this season. Before we get to some news and notes from around the NHL, I want to thank you once again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every day. Again, podcast available wherever you get podcasts and i'm looking forward to ramping up towards a new season here for the boston bruins the fourth season for this podcast now in the boston globe over the weekend jim montgomery spoke with matt porter uh and reiterated that um Jake DeBrusque and Pavel Zaka will skate on the first line with Patrice Bergeron. Second line will be Taylor Hall, David Krejci, David Pasternak. And the bottom six kind of up for grabs right now. Um, Charlie Coyle will center the third line. Wingers could include Trent Frederick, Craig Smith, Nick Foligno, maybe even Zaka once Marchand returns from injury. And if Felino skates on the fourth line, Montgomery expects him to be leading that line, to be driving 
that line. Montgomery also isn't concerned about his goalie tandem of Linus Ulmark and Jeremy Swayman. They worked well together last season, and he expects they will do the same. Um, speaking of Boston Bruins head coaches, past and present, Connor Ryan of uh, the Boston Hockey Journal had a great interview with Bruce Cassidy over the weekend, and um, Cassidy saying he thought that, A, he did his job well, didn't necessarily deserve to be fired, kind of a scapegoat situation, and he reiterated that uh, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, their decisions to come back were not at all based on or sorry Bruce Cassidy being fired. Um, he said of his time in Boston, we had six good years of good hard work. The fan base was proud of the Bruins. Didn't finish off game seven like we wanted. Everybody knows that, and that will always bother him and the players and certainly management, as well as us fans. Still bothers me every day. But they were always there every night came to play, which is something to be proud of. He did have some term left on his deal. He felt, you know, when you don't win, it's always a possibility that you'll get replaced. But coming out of meetings, he didn't expect that to happen. I highly recommend you check out uh, this article by uh, Connor Ryan, some great questions asked of Cassidy, and uh, I don't want to, you know, read it all out to you, but I just suggest that you uh, you really check it out. It's a it's a really good, um, really good interview, and uh, Connor asked some great questions. One that I wanted to highlight, he asked beyond Game Seven, any regrets you have from your tenure in Boston? He said you can always go back. And look what you could have done differently. You know, wondering when Krejci was there. Should they move past the back to balance the lines? Easy to second guess. Um, you know, wonder about D pairs, goaltending starts. But overall, you analyze your game with analytics. There was a lot of strong play from the team. Again, if they play that game seven a hundred times, the Bruins probably win. 99 out of 100, maybe not 99, but uh, I just, I don't want to think about that game anymore. Anyways, that is it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. I hope you all had a fabulous weekend. Hope you all enjoy the last week of your summer. Hope you're all checking out House of the Dragon, which is a fantastic new show for all you Game of Thrones people out there. We definitely enjoyed watching that last night. And uh, actually... Still watching Walking Dead, catching up if you can believe that. Happy Monday, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We'll be back later this week with a fresh episode of Locked On Boston Bruins here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care, friends.